0: It's my pleasure to introduce Cassandra Soto. I've actually known her for a long while. She's the one that got me back in dermatology many years ago. Uh, She got her bachelor's degree from University of Texas, master's degree from University of Nebraska. Uh, She currently is the secretary-treasurer for my Florida Society of Dermatology Physician Assistants. Uh, Please let's welcome uh, Cassandra Soto. Thank you. I think that the best person in your office you should know is your billing girl or guy. They should know you by name. I actually recommend that once or twice a month you go in and say, what codes am I using that are not getting paid? And they will know those answers for you so that you can adjust what you're doing because you will find that codes that were being paid just a month ago are no longer being paid. So it's an ongoing constant process. Hopefully all your handouts are so detailed that it will be self-explanatory And certainly you can reach me at any time. I try to keep up with all the changing codes. Um, In our coding process, when we are trying to determine what code we're going to use for the office visit alone, there are certain bullet points we need to hit. History of present illness, review of systems, social history, family history, past medical history, our physical exam and how much brain power it took to get to our diagnosis and treatment. So I'm going to break these down and we'll go through each category of them. We'll start with history of present illness, which history of present illness, review of systems, social history, family history, past medical history, all of these could probably be done by your nurse on a standardized form before you ever walk in the room. So, if your form is detailed enough, the nurse will just check these boxes off so you won't have to be worrying about, did you ask enough of these questions, but just so you know what to put on the form, here's the questions we need to be asking. What is the patient there for? They complain of acne, a rash, warts, a specific lesion. Where is it on the body? How long has it been there? What symptoms does it have? what medications have they tried did they get better or worse or no effect with their medications that is maybe a two-line sentence on your form before you walk in the room and it hits all your bullet points next on your review of systems this once again on our form is a check 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 box Um, on the review of systems we have are you allergic to any medications, foods, plants? Are you immunosuppressed? Do you scar easily? Have you had any recent weight changes, joint replacement, heart valve replacements? And of course, these are important for when to premedicate. And now we have new guidelines about not wanting to premedicate people as much as we used to. So if you haven't seen those, I can get those for you. Also, prolonged bleeding. A lot of people nowadays take an aspirin a day whether their doctor told them to or not so we need to know are they on that aspirin a day and before you take your biopsy you want to know are they going to pass out so that you can lay them down and avoid them falling off your table. Um, Do they have a pacemaker because certainly you don't want to be using the electric cautery on someone with a pacemaker previous history of cancer or skin cancer. So there's lots of options here, and if you just get a few in, your level of coding is going to go up. Next, their social history, their occupation, tobacco use, alcohol use, drug use, all these play into, as we know, cancers, sometimes cancers of the mouth, smoking, tobacco use. Sunscreen use. Oh, did we do iodine and baby oil every summer when we were growing up and started each summer with blisters? Those, those are good things to know. Past, past family history. Um, do any of their family members have history of skin cancer or precancer? Most notably melanoma, which can certainly run in families even without a history of sun exposure. This, once again, in our office is pretty much a checkbox, you know, are you allergic to any medications? Are you taking any over-the-counter medicines? What surgeries have you recently had done? What hospitalizations? Because a lot of times people are in the hospital for non-surgical reasons these days, especially with MRSA going around. Um, Dental procedures, height, weight, because sometimes our medications are actually based on their height and weight. Um, Date of birth, age, Sometimes they don't like to tell you that information. (laughs) So your nurse collected all that information for you. You're a long way to meeting the bullet points that you need to meet for your coding. And I know we tend to be resistant to code where we really are. You count up your bullet points and you say, oh, I don't want to code at that high a level. But if you don't code where you actually performed at, then you bring the whole standards down for the industry and we run the risk of being paid less even though we're doing more work. So truly code at what you did. Don't be tempted to down code for risk of audits. You did the work, code appropriately for it. Okay, your physical exam. You got the patient in the room. Hopefully they're in a gown. Some men are resistant to this, but hopefully they're in a gown so that you can look head to toe at everything and I even encourage this when people are coming in for just something as simple as acne or rosacea because surprise surprise you look at their back and there's the basal cell that they don't even know they have so if you can get them into a gown and say while I've got you here since you paid your copay give me five more minutes to look over the rest of your skin you will be surprised what you find that they don't know is there so do try to get them in a a gown and Once again, for your physical exam, coding levels are based on bullet points. How many parts of the body did you look at? Um, And part of exam is their appearance. They're clean. They're well-dressed. They look healthy. They're oriented. Time, person, place. They're not mad because you're on time. (laughs) And I do literally start at the top. I look at their scalp. Um... Their face, I look in their mouth, which they always are shocked when I say, let me see in your mouth, because melanoma can be in there, Um, skin cancer can be in there from their history of smoking. Um, Lips, teeth, and gum, if you don't look in there, still, the face still counts, even though you didn't look in their mouth. Um, Abdomen, back. The left arm counts as one, the right arm counts as one, the left leg counts as one, the right leg counts as one. So very quickly you can see that you really are looking at all these parts and your coding should be at the appropriate level because you've done the job. So out of all that we listed here, there's 20 options here. The highest coding option requires you to do 12 or more, so you've got, you've got plenty of room to hit those bullet points. And then decision-making. Decision-making tends to be a great area, probably because most of us are so well-trained that we think the decision that we're making is an easy one, but I promise you it's not. You're just well-trained because a lot of these patients have been seen by the primary care physician, and the diagnosis was incorrect and you've made it in five minutes. That doesn't mean it wasn't difficult, it just means you're well trained. Um, For a low decision making, it's usually they come in with one problem, like acne or a wart. It's something self-limiting, you're going to freeze it, you're going to shave biopsy it, you're not gonna write them any prescriptions, you didn't put a stitch in, they're in and out of your office, it's straightforward. Um, for a moderate it is usually these are the patients that you're seeing every six months you're seeing them on a routine basis usually they have a history of skin cancer so you're checking them for that and they may also have acne or a new wart or a rash because they mowed the yard and got grass all over them and now they have a rash these this and this level this is when you're doing punch biopsies or excisional biopsies you're writing a prescription drug and there are identifiable risk that go with it medical decision making at a high level is that you're seeing somebody for a chronic problem like psoriasis they're on a biologic or you see they're on Accutane it's something that has a high-risk, you're monitoring blood work that goes with it, Um, you're writing prescription drugs and looking at the labs. So how do these all fit together? So your nurse took your first section, you did the second section, and now your patient is checking out and you're getting ready to bill. (laughs) And very often I am saying to myself, how many bullet points did I hit? even at this point, I'm counting them up to make sure I'm coding where I want to be. Because if you're doing it on the fly, if you're just, oh, this was a 1-3, you're probably under-coding yourself. So so do try to have some kind of cheat sheet in your hand so when you're marking it, you really are coding appropriately for what you are doing. Um, the new patient, Coding falls in 99202, 99203, 99204, which I hardly ever hit. 99202, as you can see, your history of present illness, one to three of those, review of systems, you only need one, you don't need any past family history or social history, and you just needed to look at six areas. They're simple, these are usually quick, problem-focused exams. For a 99203, these are usually my full body skin exams. I've taken a biopsy on them and I've written them a script for something unrelated to their biopsy. Um, 12 physical exam areas when you're doing a full body is easily hit. There's, you you would have to work hard not to look at all 12 parts when you're doing a full body exam. And 99204, These tend to be my hardest patients. These are the ones that come in with a rash that have been treated with tons of things. Other people have treated them with oral medication. It doesn't now look like what it should look like because of all that extraneous treatment. You're doing punch biopsies, you're running blood work, you're taking a lot of thorough history and it is a time consuming process. Um, So these I don't see a lot of. Okay, the 99212, 99213, 99214 are your established patients, routine patients. The 99212, once again, tend to be quick things. They're only there for their acne medication refill, they're doing great. You write them their refilled scripts, they're in and out of your office in five minutes. These are your, you're not doing biopsies or anything else on these people, they're in and out. 99213s, these tend to be my routine patients. They're here for an upper body skin exam and to get a medication refilled. I probably either freeze an AK or biopsy a skin cancer. These are where those type of patients tend to fall in. And once again, 99214 tend not to have a lot of these. Um, They would be a full body because you're looking at everything. You probably have done a couple of biopsies or you've written them for a medication like methotrexate or one of the biologics or Accutane. They may be having side effects from that medication and you're trying to decide to take them off, switch them to something else. These tend to be time-consuming patients. I'm going to come back to these. In here, in the next several slides, are examples of how easy it is to go from one code to another, and it's usually one or two things that bumps you up, so once again don't undercode yourself. I want to make sure we get all the CPT codings and the global periods in so if we have time, we'll go back to those examples. Your CPT coding is your procedures, and remember, <laughs> if you do more than one procedure, it gets cut in half or more. For each one that you do, there's only one exception. And the one exception is if you do a biopsy and you freeze one precancer, neither code gets cut in half. You get paid full. Five. Th- this particular one, this particular screen. Sorry. This. 1997 criteria. Right. And to, to switch from a 99213 to a 214 or 99202 to a 203. Mm-hmm for the exam portion is much easier to get with the 1995 criteria. You only have to get five parts. That's like well-nourished, well-developed, no acute distress, and examined face, chest, and back, and that's it. That you can actually go from a 213 to 214. So I just want to mention that as a, that they, they still accept the 1995. That's good to know. That is good to know. And once again, <laughs> that's good to know you're billing people because they will tell you they will tell you stuff and which might be even more surprising is, when you're going over some of your charges, you may realize things that they're missing, so it's always good to be able to communicate with your department. If, you, if your department isn't on site, because I did work for a big group where our billing department was two hours away from me, <laughs> once a month I would take a trip over. It's that important that you know who they are, they know who you are, and you know what's being paid and at what level it's being paid. Otherwise, you may decide not to be doing those procedures in the office. So yes, very easy sometimes to go from one level to the next level. Just one or two things bumps you up. Okay, CPT coding. Lots of times patients will come in with a list of things that they want you to address in one visit. and I know if you're caring and compassionate like I am that you want to try to be accommodating. But for several reasons, you, when it comes to procedures, you really want to limit the number of procedures you do per visit. Number one reason is the patient may not realize they're at more risk, the more procedures you do to them, they're at risk for infection, they're at risk for scarring. We just don't want to put them in that position. Secondly, your reimbursement rate is gonna go down. And another thing you may want to consider, if, you've, if your patient has three or more basal cells and squamous, if you take all your biopsies on that visit and your surgeon is only going to excise one at a time because of all the billing reasons, by the time they get to your third biopsy, it may be so well healed that now the patient is going to tell you, It's healed. It's gone. I don't need surgery. And then you have to convince them that it's still there, that yes, they do need surgery, it's not gone. So if you don't think they've got a very invasive squamous cell or a melanoma, don't take all six of their skin cancers off at one time because you will run into other issues down the road when you're going to treat them. Unless, of course, it's life-threatening because certainly the patient's health comes first. Okay. CPT coatings. (laughs) Got off on my soapbox there. Okay. Financial reasons. The biopsy site heals very quickly. Um, And how quickly can they get into the surgeon to be treated? All these need to keep in mind. And I don't make it a secret. When the patient asks me, why won't you do all these at one time, I I tell them all the reasons why. And it tends to make sense to them, and they tend to then agree and understand don't forget site specific codes when they're paid at a higher rate they still are subject to being cut in half if you do more than one at a time but they do get paid at a higher rate so don't forget that they are site specific codes i have not seen that one i have not where did you find that Okay. So if you didn't hear, there is a new site-specific code for the vermilion border on the lip. Right, Inga Elsie has, yeah, any information you want. So if your doctor is signed up with her, she has lots and lots of information on her website. She has examples of forms that you can use so that you don't have to make them up on your own. Inga Elsie, okay. So your ICD-9 codes, accompany biopsies, when you see the patient and you do a procedure on them, then we're going to get into modifiers, where you're going to need modifiers to tell the insurance company, I saw them for a rash or acne, but I also saw them for a totally separate thing of ruling out skin cancer or treating a precancer or a wart. So you're getting into uh, modifiers, so it's important. And there's lots of modifiers. There's only a few in this lecture, but there are lots of them. (laughs) More site-specific codes on the warts on the anus, warts on the penis, warts on the vulva. Two modifiers that I tend to use day in and day out (laughs) are the 25, which attaches to my office visit to say I have an office visit and I have a procedure not to bundle these together and say that they were the same thing. And the 59 which says I did two separate procedures. Yes, I did two biopsies, two different locations. They were completely separate from each other on the same day. On most of the things that we do in our office, there is a global period. Um, AKs, freezing, has a global period. Um, Treatment of warts has a global period. The only thing that I think doesn't have a global period is like biopsies. Except in the mouth. Ten day global periods for destruction, freezing, no matter what location. So it's probably, if you don't want to memorize your global periods, it's probably safe to say, if you see the patient back in two weeks, you're probably out of the global period unless you do MOS or some major reconstruction in the office, and then those are longer. But for your normal routine patients that you need to see them today, but there's other things you need to do, so you're going to see them back in a few weeks. If you say two weeks, then you're probably safe that you're out of the global period. All excision codes for malignant or malign lesions are 10 days, simple, intermediate, and complex repairs, 10 days if you're doing grafts or tissue transfers, 90 days. Now sometimes you just have to see the patient in the global period. It happens. And when you do, there are special modifiers to tell the insurance company that you know you're in a global period, but this that you're seeing them for is totally separate from the other. That it is not a complication, it's not the same, it's a totally separate visit. Because you know, it happens. They, co- they, they need to be seen. Okay. And this just goes back to what we were saying earlier. Don't be tempted to down code. You really did do the work. You really do deserve to get paid for the work that you did. So don't be tempted to down code. And don't guess at your codes. If you're unsure, carry a cheat sheet around so that you can say, okay, how many bullet points did I mark? I know what, what coding level I need to be at. And you honestly bill it where you should be, OK? Boy, I talked way faster than I thought I was going to, so that's good. <laughs> OK, let's go back to the examples, since it looks like we are going to have time for them. And certainly, if you have any input, you know, please let us know. They're always good to know. So, an O2 visit is O2, or O3, or O4 are always new patients. So, your patient comes in, they're complaining of something simple and straightforward. Acne, on the face, for six months, they were using over-the-counter proactive and it wasn't helping. So, you actually have five points in the history of present illness. The patient states that their acne gets worse when they eat chocolate, which falls under the review of systems, skin reactions to food medications. Um, I also hear it not only with chocolate but with dairy. I'm sure you guys have heard the 40-year-old females that come in and say, Why am I still having acne at this age? Don't forget to ask them how much dairy products they're taking in because of all those hormones and steroids and antibiotics that we put into our food supply is transferring right on down into our patients. So don't forget to ask about dairy as well as chocolate. Um, Patient is alert and oriented, well-nourished and groomed. Um, all All this information, you'll already have the first two bullets from your nurse. So you're exam when you walk in is are you just going to look at their face? That's an O2. If they have acne on the chest, the shoulders, the back, then you've added other parts to your exam which changes it. When does it change to an O3? When you start looking at The neck, oh yeah, I have it on my chest sometimes. Oh, and my back, and around my menses time, it breaks out all over. So then you went from an O2 visit because you were just looking at their face to an O3 visit because you looked at multiple parts. Same with with rashes, you'll find patients will come in and complain about seb derm on their scalp, and then when you really start to look, you'll see it goes down the back of their neck and onto the back. And then you're like, well, take your shirt off and let me look at your shoulders. And really, they've got tinea versicolor all over. And so don't forget that you've just added the number of bullet points. So code up to an O three, 3 which is where you really were. And this is that same, same patient. Okay. Also remember when you... Right for medications that require monitoring or require extra education, like um, minocycline medications. Um, I'm sure that we get into the routine of educating our patients and we don't realize that that is increasing our coding. For example, I tell my patients, I'm going to put you on this minocycline medication. If it looks like you're having bruising on your gums or your shins or your nails look like they're having bruising, well, you're having a side effect to the medication. Stop taking it and call me. We get into the habit of educating them about all these different things and we don't realize that that has upped our coding levels. Yes. Right, 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 because when you, because I hope that when you said (laughs) make sure you don't have bruising that you then went and looked at their gums and their nails and their shins as a baseline, which is quick and easy to just look. And patients, and you may not realize that you looked because you didn't touch them or the patients in shorts, you looked, but it didn't click on you that, yeah, I looked at their shins. They were in my office in shorts. Yes, I looked at their nails. They looked nice and healthy, but it might not have registered in your mind, oh, that's click, 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 those are body parts that I looked at because I was talking about minocycling. I know, we get into the habit of doing it. It happens so quickly and so easily that we don't check, check it as bullet points in our minds. Um, an O3 visit. I don't know how many of you guys see psoriasis, but I see a lot of psoriasis. Patients tend to come in and want to just spot treat show you, but check the other areas because as you look you'll better understand how to treat them and you'll be able to mark it off on your sheets. Once again, it's tough the O3s and the 14s are tough and you should find that you're not marking these very often. If you, go ahead. You said you said you do and I do not. Um, I do them as O3s on the initial visit but as a one four on the follow-up visits because you are tracking their labs Every month, I do. I look at them. Don't you? No. Oh, right. No, no. I think there's. Okay. (laughs) You look at their scalp, their hair, basically, because Accutane can make it fall out. You're looking at all the parts where they had acne, which is usually if they're on Accutane, their face, their chest, their shoulders, their back, right? And you're looking at their legs. You know, and these parts count as double. And then the um, orientation, the grooming, those things count into it. And I don't think I have a slide with that with that particular one on it. I'll, I can fax it to you. I've got a, We've got a form for Accutane. Yes, yes, we've got a form for it. it. Yes. uh, Right, but not on the follow-up. Right, right, Right. yes, and I can fax you the form because we actually have one that we check off that was created by the legal department to make sure that we hit all the bullet points. So, yeah, (laughs) you're right. Um, On the Accutane patients, since they are considered... um, monitoring of a um, high-risk medication and the amount of time that you put in with the I pledge and all that that we have a form. Go ahead. Really? Okay, that is interesting and I will make sure this information gets shared because that's the first time I'd heard that. If you didn't hear what she said was that she, they had an audit in their office and that the Accutane patients, the insurance wanted them to have another diagnosis besides just acne, like um, xerosis of the skin, or eczema, or something else besides just the, just so y'all know, we're talking about coding based on time. You can code based on time, and I don't think there's a slide on that, but we can add that on in the future. I, I always, the question was, what do you do when a patient comes in with their parents and the parent does all the talking? <laughs> Yeah, I I do like to hear from the patient themselves. So I I usually tend to pat mom or dad on the arm and say, um, let me get the information from them first, and the, and then you can clarify for me. <laughs> and in case you didn't hear, the monitoring code for monitoring a high risk drug is V fifty eight point six nine. I don't do very many O fours and one fours, and our billing person came in and did a three-month study and said insurance companies look for a bell curve in your coding so that most of them should be in the middle and very few at the ends. Um, our system is computerized, so it's easy for us to tell if we're, if we're doing the bell curve. Um, if you're not computerized, I think it would be hard to tell whichever, right, it goes on whichever pays the highest. All three. Okay. <laughs> she, right, she's telling, she's explaining that your modifier, when you do more than one procedure, your modifier goes on the procedure that pays you the highest. And that you can use the, the 59 code goes, if you do one biopsy, one destruction, the 59 code goes on the biopsy. When they pull out their list, I usually say, oh, that's wonderful that you have a list. That way you won't go home and say that you forgot to tell me something. Great idea. And I get them to hand me their list because I can go through it faster than they can read it off to me. Our department always told us it went on the highest, but I could be mistaken. It goes on the lower the lower one. Okay. It goes on the lower-priced. The comment was, she works for a group that tells her not to code at a 99214. I have found that in other groups. They don't want to be audited, and they feel like that is flagged for auditing. And when you work for somebody else besides yourself, I've always found that you have to follow their rules, unfortunately. Okay, thank you very much.